This morning's reading is from Matthew 21, verses 23 to 27. Jesus entered the temple courts and, while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism Where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the people for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Then he said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Several years ago, I was in Melbourne and I was watching this daytime television show. And I remember seeing this really, really unique scene where there was a lion in this huge pen. And what the trainers did was that they opened a gate, and they let in a little sausage dog. And my immediate thought was like, they're going to feed a sausage dog to the lion. But as the story kind of unfold, as I was watching this on the TV screen, something very, very peculiar happened. The trainer opened up a dog treat bag and of course the lion being hungry goes towards the dog treat bag but as he did that little sausage dog ended up growling and yipping and started biting at the feet of the lion and the lion ended up cowering away into a little corner while the sausage dog took the best parts of the meal. What's this got to do with Jesus' authority? You might say, well, I'm not going to tell you just yet. I'll come back to this towards the end. But today I have the privilege of sharing with you about Jesus' authority, what authority he had on earth And as we journey together as a community, especially in this Lent series, I believe that it's quite a powerful thing to actually do as a community in the lead up to Easter. Because we know that Easter, we know about the death and resurrection of Jesus, but the story that unfolds prior to this event is incredibly powerful and important with many, many life lessons for us. And today we are looking at Jesus' authority in Matthew, in Matthew 21, 23 to 24. Now, the culture in those days, first century Judaistic culture, as we know, it was incredibly hierarchical. You had to be somebody to have a say, especially in the Jewish community. 
who you belong to in terms of your family heritage had everything to do with how people perceived you and how you were respected, especially when you had a message to tell. And we see this time and time again in Scripture, people questioning Jesus' authority because Jesus, in the eyes of the religious leaders, he was a nobody. But yet we know through Scripture He is a powerful, powerful person in which we can get to know today. Also, powerful person in which changed the dynamics of the culture of his own day. So, Matthew 21, 23 to 24. We're looking at about four days or so before the crucifixion of Jesus And there is a build-up in terms of the tension, the climax in Matthew's story. You see, Jesus, just in the previous chapters, cleansed the temples. And we'll hear more about that next week when Ben talks about that. It says in 23 that after doing these things, Jesus entered the temple courts. And while he was teaching, the chief priests and elders of the people came to him. And they ask this question, by what authority are you doing these things? They ask, who gave you this authority? Like I said before, Jesus just cleansed the temple. He overturned what the people were doing um, in, in the temple courts. They were selling things. He calls it a den of robbers. And the elders are now questioning, what authority do you have here to do these things? And Jesus replies, and it's really interesting. He says, I will also ask you one question. If you can answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. And he uses the example of John's baptism. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven heaven, or from human origin? Next slide, please. They discussed among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he'll ask us, then why didn't you believe in him? But if we say human origin, we are afraid of what the people, for the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So their answer is we don't know. Within this passage, Jesus talks about two things. He asks, is John's baptism from human origin? Or is it from heaven? And the same answer to Jesus' authority also lies in those passages. And we are going to look at three things today. The authority from the eyes of Jesus' authority from the eyes of Matthew. We're going to look at who he is, what he did, and our response. So where do we fit in this picture? And we are going to walk through three portions of Scripture from a bird's eye perspective because authority in terms of Jesus was on the forefront of Matthew's Gospel. So who he is. So Matthew begins with the genealogy of Jesus, as we know. 
And I used to gloss past this because, you know, Jesus, you know, the son of this man, the son of this man as a child, it doesn't really, it's not exciting, is it? But it's incredibly important for Christians to grasp and to understand that the people in those days, the genealogy of where you come from meant everything. Who was your dad? Who was your grandfather? That gave the person a right to speak into the lives of other people. That gave people, that gave that person a status within society. So Jesus, in the natural, was the son of David. Can I go to the previous slide, please, Wend? Uh, the one after that. In the natural, he was the son of David. And then in Matthew 3, 13 to 17, we see the story of Jesus' baptism, where Jesus goes and John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. And we know the story. Heaven opens up and a voice comes out and it says, this is my son. In him, I'm well pleased. So Matthew is establishing, in the natural, he is the son of David. He's from the lineage of David. But also in the supernatural, he is the son of God. Who he is established Jesus' authority on earth. Second thing, what he did. What authority did he actually have on earth? Turn with me to Matthew 4. This is, once again, I think for many of us, it's a very familiar passage. Notice that in Matthew 4, 1 to 11, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So it was the Spirit that led him into the wilderness. And he was tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days, 40 nights, he was hungry And the tempter came to him and said, you are the son of God, tell these stones become bread. And I'll get you to just read it for yourself. But there are three things that the devil tempts Jesus with. And it's really important that we understand that because this sets the premise for Jesus's victory over the devil. So the first thing is the devil says, Tell these stones to become bread. He was meeting or he was tempting Jesus in his physical need. There is a need for people to eat. Jesus at this particular point would have been absolutely famished. If you've been fasting for 40 days, it takes a great deal of faith because your organs actually begin to shut down. And here the devil is saying to Jesus, I will tell these stones to become bread and they will become bread. He was tempting Jesus on the physical needs of his human body. Second thing is we look at in verse 5. Verse 4, we see Jesus' response. He always uses scripture to sort of counter the enemy. But then look at verse 5. It says that the devil took him to a holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. 
And he says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command the angels concerning you, and he will lift up their hands so that you will not strike, strike your foot against a stone. So the second thing that the devil does in this situation is that he attacks him through temptation and he says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. He is tempting him in his status. If this is truly who you say you are, then do this and the angels will com- you, he will command the angels and, you will, and they will lift up their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. He's tempting Jesus and taunting him in his, stand, in his status. So the second thing is, the devil appealed to Jesus in his pride. Well, we know that Jesus overcomes that, don't we? Verse 7, verse 8, the devil then takes him to the highest mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. I will give you, give all this to you, if you bow down and worship me. The devil was appealing to man's desire for self-elevation, a desire to be recognized, a desire for authority. But yet Jesus has victory over the devil on these three things. And these three things that we see, these temptations, are so evident in our lives today. The need to be provided for in terms of food, our physical need to have clothing and to have shelter. Our pride. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. And the last one, our desire to make a name for ourselves, a desire for people to understand the greatness that we are, our ambitions to be met, a desire for self-elevation. Yet Jesus has victory over these things. So Jesus has authority in the natural because of being the son of David. He has authority in the supernatural because he is the son of the living God. But he also has authority because of the victory in which he had over the enemy. And another important thing for us to note in all this is that where Jesus succeeded, where Jesus conquered and overcame, it was where the Israelites failed. 40 days is symbolic of the 40 years in the wilderness that the Israelites had to go through. So where man failed, where the Israelites failed, Jesus overcame and he had victory and he has authority. So what kind of things does he have victory over? Just next slide, please, Wend. We see in Matthew, he has victory, he has authority 
over creation. And I'm just going to go through these. I'm not going to go into all the verses. You can look it up yourself. But he has authority over creation. He can command a fig tree to wither and it will wither in front of him. He can calm the storms. He can walk on water. He has authority over creation. And we see that in Matthew's gospel time and time again. He also has authority over angels and demons. And we see this where demon-possessed people would be brought to Jesus and he would cast them out. Over sickness, many people, sick people, would be brought before Jesus and they would be healed. The blind would see, the lame would walk, and those who were sick spiritually were made new. He had the ability and the authority to forgive people's sins. And the last one, death, one of the greatest enemies that are out there. Not only did he die and rise again, but he brought people to life. Lazarus. There are many stories in which you can probably think of. And I want to end with this. It's not quite the end. But I want to emphasize this. This is who Jesus is. This is the almighty God in which we come to church to serve every Sunday. This is the God who had victory over the enemy, who has authority in our lives and in over creation, over sickness, over death, all these different things, angels, demons. But what I want to ask you is, what about us? What is our response to all this? Where do we fit? Matthew 10, Jesus says, and I love this verse, Jesus called his disciples to him and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal the disease and sickness. And then he sends them out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter the towns of the Samaritans Rather, go to the lost sheep of Israel. And you can read the rest of that passage up on the screen. Matthew 10, 1 to 20. And then it says in verse 8, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I am sending you out. Once again, I'm sending you out like sheep among the wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. And then let's go down to verse 20. It says, For it is not you who will be speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Jesus' authority has been given to us. We have the authority in Jesus' name to heal the sick to set the captives free, to raise the dead, to cleanse those who have leprosy. And we see this through Acts and also in Matthew as well. The disciples being God's instruments in the world in which they live. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Famous verse once again. 
the Great Commission. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority that exists in the world and the cosmos and this earth in which we live belongs to Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. So we have been given authority. And just like Jesus, it was about who he was. He was the son of the living God. He was a direct descendant of the line of David. But we too have the authority because of who we are. We are children of the living God. And just like Jesus, because he had victory over the enemy, it was because of what he did that he had authority. Because of what Jesus did on the cross as he, lied that, as he stood there bleeding to death for the sake of our sins, because of that, we too are an overcomer in him. We too have the authority. And the Bible talks about spiritual gifts that are given to all believers. <laughs> so back to the lion and the sausage dog. I believe that that is an incredible picture of, at times, our, I guess, reaction to, dis- to, to the, the, the day's struggles, daily struggles that we have. You see, the sausage dog and the lion, they grew up together. So when the lion was a cub, the little sausage dog was, you know, more or less the same size as the lion. Maybe the lion was slightly bigger. But as the lion grew, he grew in size. He grew in stature. He grew in authority. But because he grew up with the little sausage dog, he didn't understand his identity, and he allowed himself to be pushed around. Could that sometimes be like us? We have the spirit of the living God living within our lives. We are daughters and sons of the living King. We have the position and the authority through Jesus in his name, but yet we don't understand the power that comes with it. Could we be that lion cowering away and letting that little sausage dog push us around. I want to end with this. Will you submit under the authority of Jesus? Because that's where it all comes from. What does it cost you personally to follow him? Because our authority comes firstly under the submission of the King of all kings. I think if somebody asked me, I'll say, yes, yes, I'll, I submit 
to God. But how does that look like in my finances? How does that look like in my relationships? Do I often put my own needs in front of spending time with God? Do I put the needs of myself and of my family above the needs of others? Because to submit to God means to walk with God. And this is something he's been challenging me with. Am I willing to give up my ambition? Am I willing to give up my home that I've worked for? Am I willing to follow him into a hard life? Am I willing to give up my security? And second question, what does go look like for you? All authority of heaven and earth has been given to Jesus and he has commissioned us. But what does go look like personally for you? By what authority do you live your life right now? Let me pray. Thank you, Jesus, that heaven and earth will pass away, yet you remain the same now and forever. I thank you, Lord God, that you came down from heaven's throne. This earth you formed was not your own. Love like this the world had never known. A crown of thorns mock your name. Forgiveness fell upon your face. A love like this the world has never known. You took our shame, you took our sin, you rose to life and you defeated the grave. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that in you, we are not a timid sausage dog, but we are a lion. And Lord, I just pray that we will start understanding our identity in you and the authority that we have. Sometimes we read the Bible and we listen to the stories and it feels like something that will never happen to our lives. But I believe that you are the same God that worked within the disciples all those years ago and you are the same God who wants to work in our lives today. I pray, Father God, for an inner awakening. Help us to understand and help us to grow. In Jesus' name, amen.